This is a special presentation of Rabbit Tracks Radio on WSIU, featuring the original play, Rabbit Tracks. Thanks for tuning in. This is a radio play that was written by Steve Falcone. It is entitled Rabbit Tracks. I, Elizabeth Donahue, will be reading for the part of Lee, and we will be hearing from the other cast members uh, their name and the parts that they will be reading. My name is Barb James. I'm the narrator. I'm Steve Falcone. I'm reading the part of Beth. I'm Peg Falcone. I'm reading the part of Daphne. I'm Christopher Fundy. I'm reading the part of Charlie. I'm Pam Matthews. I'm reading the part of Tony. I'm Dick Matthews, and I'm reading the part of Murph. I'm Kevin Rathundi, and I'm reading the part of Herb. We also have production help. Molly Heal is the sound engineer. And again, this is Rabbit Tracks, written by Steve Falcone, a radio play experiment. Scene one. Lights up on an elegant old mansion in an ornate room in what is commonly called the study. Books line the walls, with windows looking out onto a garden, approachable by French doors. Pastoral elegance. A dignified woman, with perfectly coiffed hair and discreet jewelry, sits in her chair of woven tapestry. This queen of the manse is Lee. She is flanked by two men in the fedora hats and trench coats of law enforcement officers. Gumshoes on the job. The short and grubby one is Ben. The trim and rather handsome one is Murph. A frumpy woman enters, laden with a tea tray. Who would do such a thing? Just what we mean to find out, ma'am. Who would want to? That's another question entirely, to which there's always the same answer, Mrs. Uh... Call me Lee. I allow select people to do so, although the family name goes back centuries. My mother was a de la Rochefoucauld. There was a duke back in the day. Father was a stone, nominally and actually. So I chose to be called Liane Dubois de la Rochefoucauld. Lee to you. Lee holds out her hand to shake. Murph does so. I'm Ben, Lee. Ben sticks out his hand. She doesn't shake it. Follow the money. Always. Money's far from the point, I assure you, detective. For God's sake, Daphne, serve the gentlemen before they're sipping iced coffee. (laughs) He was more than a pet, detective. He was family. I have warned you before that these overwrought displays of emotion must be curbed. They're unseemly and damned costly. That's the third piece of Grandmere's tea service that you've broken this month. You're shattering memories. I'm so ashamed. I should go. I tender my resignation, effective immediately. (laughs) Go? Where would you go? You don't know the area 30 feet beyond this house. It's true. I don't get out much. Get out of my sight. Daphne curtsies. Yes, Mom. Leave the tray. Daphne curtsies again. How often have I told you, enough with the mum. I-, I am not a flower. Daphne curtsies yet again. No. <laughs> Exits blundering. The curtsying was not my idea. I have told her countless times to stop it. She's, she's like an old pogo stick. Mum. Ma'am? Lee. Okay, Lee, you're positive it was a kidnapping. What else could it be, given the circumstances? A 50-pound rabbit, four feet in length, was taken from its, um... His! Charlie's the most beautiful of his breed ever seen. Everyone says so. The rabbit, uh, Charlie! ...was taken from his hutch last night. Deep in the night. I'd say not a whisper was heard. Rabbit that big would have quite a kick. 
Was Charlie a fighter? Heavens no. Just the sweetest temper. Oh, he got a bit grumpy with age, but a temperament sweeter than many a dog. He's bigger than my collie. To watch him leap was a treat, springing off those floppy feet. <laughs> Charlie was family. So is my Molly. Feels free to pee wherever she likes. Charlie's a purebreed? Oh, yes. He has his papers. Flemish Giant Rabbit is his breed. Molly needs papers. Lots of papers. Maybe a towel or two. A record holder. He was crowned world's largest rabbit by the Guinness Book of World Records in 2010. Biggest heart in the breed as well. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, did you see anyone, anything, last night? Not a peep from the garden. I was here all evening on Ancestry.com, a passion of mine. I just love... Was there a ransom note? Not a word. Didn't think so. What, what makes you say that? Old kidnapper's tactic. To work the victim into a nervous lather, desperate to make a deal. Another is to warn the victim not to call the police if they ever want to see their loved one again. They wouldn't. In this case, I wouldn't think so. A little different from the usual case of this type. Fresh territory for us all. Fifty pounds is a lot of meat to dispose of. They couldn't. No, not, not a chance. The perps know the value of your, uh, Charlie, before they pull the job. No other reason to take him. He's heavily insured, I would imagine. Well, yes. As a matter of fact, he is. 1.6 mil? Might I inquire why you asked if you knew? I can assure you that money is of little concern to me. My wealth speaks for itself. Wealth can be a lousy liar at times. The world of exotic animal breeding is rarefied air, detective, often making costly demands. Most buyers won't deal with you unless they are assured you can take every precaution to prevent losses. That makes perfect sense. Now, if you'll excuse us, we'll examine the um, scene of the crime. Certainly. Straight through the French doors to the back of the garden, you'll find Charlie's hutch. Forgive me if I don't join you. I'm terribly behind on my bookkeeping. Quite all right, Lee. We'll want to speak again later. Of course. Please don't leave town. Wouldn't think of it. Notify us immediately if the perp contacts you. That goes without saying, Detective. Do you have a suspect yet, gentlemen? We suspect everyone. We suspect no one. Scene two. Murph and Ben are at the rabbit hutch, a fine wire mesh of proportions large enough to confine a human or two. A young woman sits on a chair to the right of the pellet box and pile of hay scattered with leafy greens. Vegetarian, I presume? Who are you and why have you crossed the police tape? Is that what that was? Silly me. I thought my mother had put it there. Should have known. Hers would have been black. Everyone on Earth, and some from other planets, I'd guess, recognize police tape, Ms. Tony, with an I. There's lots of I in Tony. Mother named me Antoinette, only until I could talk and nix it to dub myself Tony. And I've never seen a police tape in my life. Not even on television? I don't watch the boob tube. A soothing radio show, perhaps. We don't have a telly out here. We? I practically live here with my long-eared bro. We're like sis and bro in so many ways. How many? Carrot detective, loaded with vitamin C, which is said to promote a clean mind. 
The illegality of violating a crime scene aside... Violate? This happens to be my family estate you're standing on. Outside of a structure I helped build, and I see no sign of a search warrant. We don't need a search warrant to investigate a crime. Your mother called us. You gotta watch CSI all the way to the end, huh? <laughs> what can you tell us about the kidnapping? Was it a kidnapping? Do you know that for a fact? What else would it be? Oh, I don't know. The last leap of a rabbit who could not stand another day of captivity? Charlie wasn't happy. Miserable and getting bluer every day. He told you that. In all the ways an animal can. Charlie was unhappy with his lodging, his, his food. Charlie has the best of everything. Luxurious bedding recommended by experts. An automatic pellet machine, which dispenses the exact amount to satisfy hunger and health requirements. I should know. I mix the amounts myself. Hay is a staple of a rabbit's diet. We purchase from a farmer who grows a special crop for Charlie. Observe the tasty green mixed into the hay. More of my handiwork. No, gentlemen. Charlie was far from dissatisfied with the amenities of his life. Pining for a mate? Too late. His stud days are behind him. And a champion he was there as well. Sons of Charlie now fulfill that duty. Which leaves only a longing for freedom, in your estimation. In my estimation, yes. Any possible suspects for snatching the rabbit occur to you? Everyone loved Charlie. That was the problem. He got so tired of the spotlight, the petting and fawning, with the dowager forever pushing him into the public eye at every opportunity. Classic stage mother. Charlie's fame was her fame. No jealousy angle? Don't make me laugh. <laughs> if she could have legally adopted him, she would have. Charlie was the floppy-eared, four-legged son she never had. Money? Out of the question. So she said, have you seen the books? What the hell are you suggesting? I'm not suggesting anything. I'm asking a straightforward question. The family finances are none of your damned business. You want to see the books? Subpoena them. Is that straightforward enough for you? That'll uh, do for now. Thanks for your time. We'll have more questions later, I'm sure. Don't leave town. Don't be absurd. Scene three. An empty stage with only a shadow of a rabbit casts against the wall. Charlie speaks through an offstage voice projection. If only rabbits could speak. Even for one of my superior breed, this is not, alas, possible. Oh, the light I would shed on this predicament. Though I try to avoid shedding at all costs. Filthy habit. As you suspected, I'm Charles Le Magnifique. Call me Charlie. And no, I am not running free. I've hopped from one cage to another. Not my idea, I assure you. I had more than an excess of assistance. You'll never guess who my captor turned out to be. You could not be more stunned than I. It'll shock your system all the same when I tell you the name. Gotta dumb me up. They knew I could talk. I might never walk, let alone hop again. Scene four. Daphne stands before the mantelpiece, dust cloth in one hand, photo in the other, sobbing. <laughs> My one and only. Oh, how I miss you. How many times can one heart break? A cash carrot eater's all they see. To me, you're a beautiful soul. To scratch behind those glorious ears one more time, to watch such acrobatic hind legs soar into space, takes my breath away to 
think of it. Others don't love you. They use you. Slobbering on that photo again, are you? How many times must I tell you to stop mooning and move along? It's a wonder there's any liquid left in your tear ducts. Tea time. Could you possibly serve it without destroying any more china? Do you think? Scene five. The silhouette of a rabbit in a cage looms on the upstage wall. A click is heard and the silhouette is gone. Free at last. Did they actually think such a feeble latch would hold me? Ever underestimating animal intelligence. Now what? Out of the cage, away from those enclosing walls. The world is mine. To what end? Oh, already missing the velvety soft carpet of hay to feed upon. Vescue, what green was ever more edible? To have Tony dig her fingers into my hide with a magical tissue massage. I can almost feel the tingle it brings to my skin. Or is that the ping of buckshot in my butt? Time to fly. I miss my comfy cage already. Scene six. Murph and Ben at Charlie's Hutch. Ben inside, Murph out. Comfy. Room for one more. I'll take the open spaces. Claustrophobic? Not really. Just the man who values his freedom. Yeah, something like that. Why wouldn't old Charlie want the same? A creature known to such comforts. Not being conversant with rabbits, um, I can't speak for Charlie's hopes and dreams. Sadly, that leaves us with a list of possible suspects. Starting with Lee? who allegedly adores her fuzzy bunny. When the long-legged leapers vaulted her into a fortune over the years, as her accountant openly attests. Uh, that clears our hostess for now and turns our attention to the housekeeper. Daft Daphne? Is she even capable of such a caper? So emotional. Could be a good cover. If she's faking it, she's one hell of an actress. Her blubber factor's enormous. If she adores that rabbit, as she seems to, why have it taken away? I keep coming back to, could she pull it off? Not alone, I don't think. Uh, she doesn't seem like the brains of the outfit type. Whereas Tony... With you all the way on that one. Pretty sure I heard a big axe being ground. She did seem to be a large part of Charlie's support system. But frustrated at her baby's confinement. Vexed enough, enough to set her bunny free. Never to see him again? Or spirit him off to a pad just for two? She got that kind of dough? Papa Stone might be out of favor, but his wealth may still be welcome. An old familiar song. The boys have been over this area with a fine-tooth comb. Nada. Back to the haystack. Scene 7. Murph and Ben flank either side of a brawny man in camouflage with camera and binoculars, inspecting Charlie's hutch. For the record, not a problem, detective. More than happy to oblige the authorities. We being in a similar line of work. I'm guessing we're different pay grades. Yeah, yours is a mite steadier, I'd say. Not denying this is one primo payday if I deliver. Lee's in a state. Doubled the reward for word of Charlie. Two grand's a bag of cash. It doesn't affect your rate? <laughs> Makes my job harder. All them amateurs trampling onto the scene to catch the rabbit's foot. Your credentials, Herb. Sorry, detective. I am a windy cuss. Comes from working alone so much, probably. Herb hands Murph his license. Herb Varney, licensed pet detective in this state, as you can see. I work for a set fee arranged before I take the job. Though I gotta say, <laughs> a fat bonus has been dangled for quick results. How's that work? Well, Lee made it loud and clear if the case was wrapped up one way or the other by Saturday. A very sizable chunk of change is added to my wages. 
That's standard operating procedure? No way. The rate is the rate has been my deal all the years I've been in business. Never saw nothing like this before. Kind of strange, but hey, I'm not looking any gift horses in the mouth. You know what I mean? Do we ever. Appreciate it, fellas, if you keep this uh, info under your hats. It'll have to go on the official reports, but I see no reason for it to go any further. Nobody reads those things. Maybe the lieutenant on a slow night. Do what we can. Much obliged. Uh, what's your take on the case? <sighs> Damnedest thing, this one. No ransom note, no demands. Where's the logic? No way to follow the money. Almost impossible to sell such a high-profile animal on the black or any other market. So what's the plan? Beats me. To harm Charlie is just asking for trouble. Yeah, lead assemble an army to revenge such an act. Money? No object. That perp would be on the run forever. Well, thanks for the insights, Herb. Keep in touch. Let us know what you learned. Any thoughts on sharing that bonus? Oh, I'd love to, but we'd all end up in trouble over that one. Well, take care, fellas. How hard can it be to spot him? He's bigger than a bobcat. Smaller than a leopard, I hope. Scene 8. The traditional library scene with all the characters gathered before Murph and Ben. Mrs. shouldn't be here at all in her condition. Shameful is what it is. Ought to be lying down with a cold compress on her forehead. Oh, hush, you old magpie. It's not me we should be worried about why our poor... <laughs> We're all unbearably upset, Mum, but you'll do yourself no good. Stop telling me what's good for me and stop calling me Mum. Would you listen to the pair of them scratching their own itches? while our sweet Charlie's lost and gone. Who knows where? <laughs> all, all right, everybody, take a deep breath. Let's all settle down now. How in heaven's name can we, detective, when our baby is God knows where? Hardly a baby, Lee. Charlie is 11. Pretty advanced age for his size and breed. <laughs> all the more to worry over. And well past breeding time for the old stud. True detective, those days are gone. Replaced by the very offspring he sired, correct? Oh, time takes its toll on all of us. His spring's not what it used to be. He still has that sparkle of winning charisma, mind you. Gentle as a baby. You pampered him like one. And you didn't? He was your world-class fur baby. And always, always one more photo op. Too many fatty treats, especially for his age. I tried to keep his hay mixed with the fescue he loved. Then why is he gone from us? How? Where? Excellent questions all, and just what we're here to discover. It appears to me there's been precious little detection achieved. Daphne, uh, you stated you heard nothing the night Charlie was taken? Not a squeak. Would that I had... Oh, if only. <laughs> so many ifs, ands, or onlys. Time to track the facts. Fact one. Charlie was a moneymaker, Guinness World Record holder, and a crowd pleaser. A work mule's what he was, bouncing from store openings to trade shows and farm fairs, ever ready to strut his abundant stuff for the right price. Just who do you think pays for that high-quality hay and juicy fescue for your little toy bunny? 
Not that he didn't deserve the best sweetie that he was. Sweeter than any dog I've known. Bittersweet our Charlie seems to be. A champion with expensive taste. He deserved the best. But who's footing the bill for this life of luxury? The Dowager, of course. Hasn't she cashed in on Charlie's hide enough to afford it? As a matter of fact, she hasn't. This is a poor time for humor, detective. We all know the Dowager is... Stop calling me that! <laughs> the old skinflints loaded. According to the set of books Lee's accountant presents for public scrutiny... This is an outrage! Positively criminal! Not another word until I've summoned my lawyer. Listen to the facts, courtesy of some quality investigative work by my colleague. Stop it! You'll make me blush. Impossible. An old-fashioned case of cooking the books. Two sets of tabulation. One for the authorities... Another to record the real figure. Lee was losing millions. A matter of the mansion eating the money. Maintaining an affluent lifestyle can be so costly these days, don't you find? Mom? Sit down and shut up, all of you. Zip the lips. Silence won't save you now, Lee. Your CPA sang like a canary. Showed us both sets of books. Amazing what the threat of jail time will do, huh? I will not believe it. We'll get to what you did or didn't know later. Why the kidnapping makes no sense. Actually, it makes perfect sense if you have the facts. And here's a surprise guest who'll help enlighten us all. Add me baffled, Lee, with that staggering bonus as added incentive. Again, this sharp detective puzzled it out. Really now, fellas, enough. This monster bonus if, a big if, I closed the case by tomorrow. As a licensed pet detective, I can sign off on lost or stolen animals, a document recognized by insurance companies. Getting the picture? If you read the fine print, you'll see tomorrow is the first day of Lee's insurance company agreement to pay out for lost and or stolen Charlie. Wasting no time, were we? Out! Get out of my house, the lot of you! Herb, you're fired. Well... There goes my bonus. And you gentlemen are leaving with him unless you have a search warrant. Actually, you're coming with us, Lee. You're under arrest for kidnapping and insurance fraud. Anything you say can and will be used against you in a court of law. You bet. I'll say plenty. A $1.6 million indemnity is all the talking we need. Take her away, Ben. How could you, Mom? Dry up, you old bag! Drain the well, did you? Little you'd know of finances, Miss Above It All, playing nature girl with her pet at her mother's expense. Where's Charlie? Safely in his hutch, chewing fescue, probably hopping to see you. You've been listening to Rabbit Tracks, a radio play experiment written by Steve Falcone and recorded in the studios of WSIU Radio on the campus of Southern Illinois University, Carbondale. The cast of Rabbit Tracks features the talent of Elizabeth Donahue, Barb James, Peg Falcone, Steve Falcone, Christopher Refundi, Dick Matthews, Pam Matthews, and Kevin Refundi. Audio post-production by Molly Heal and Anise Coopwood. Studio engineer, Jeff Williams. This is Rabbit Tracks Radio, a special presentation of WSIU.